right. All right. Hello, friends and listeners, and welcome to episode six of season two of the podcast, our acronym for collective advice for CRM in higher education. I'm Haley Gould, a co-host of the podcast. We're going to introduce you to Frank Montoya in just a moment here. Um, but I'm Haley, and I'm the director of CRM and engagement services at Smith College, which is a private all-girls school in um, Western Massachusetts. I will uh, I lead our enterprise Salesforce team here, focused on Salesforce, all things events, and Pardot uh, for marketing. Frank, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, yes, I sure can. So Frank Montoya, product owner manager of the enterprise CRM at Arizona State University, um, part of the Salesforce advisory uh, council. And I've recently been involved in working with um, all the functional and technical product owners of our multiple orgs that we have here at ASU to kind of just understand and uh, confirm what the Salesforce footprint at ASU needs to be, its vision, its goal, the strategy, et cetera. So it's been fun working um, in that capacity, and I am looking forward to learning from others uh, as we continue our podcast and podcast um, this year. But before we get started and go any further, um, I'm going to do the disclaimer, and here it is. Want to be sure that we all we start out by saying that on the podcast, all, all our questions and opinions shared are our own, as are the opinions and answers of our guests. The podcast has grown out of efforts by the Higher Ed Advisory Council, where we aim to provide context and experiences to help you in your journey with Salesforce. Please make all purchasing decisions with the products and features that currently exist today and with the help of your account and success representatives from the salesforce.org organization. So with that said, I'm going to send it back to you, Haley. You did so good on that disclaimer, Frank. It's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> it's a tough one. I Now I know why I don't like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you get into a rhythm, though. It's really good. Um, <laughs> I always forget to say the thing about the advisory council, but that's how Frank and I know each other. And we just had a really great episode launch actually earlier today. So when you're listening to this, it'll be about two weeks ago. Um, but with other members of the advisory council too. So reach out to us and engage. We'll definitely talk about Education Summit in our presentation today, in our presentation, in our podcast today, uh, and we'll go from there. But what are we doing today? We've got a fun one. Let me tell you, I've been looking forward to this one for a little while. We've got kind of a celebrity on the line with us today. Oh, uh, if you're at all involved in like the Salesforce community, if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen these beautiful photos of sunsets and all kinds of things that Nick posts. Well, we've got Nick Lindbergh from the Carlson School of Management at the University of Minnesota. And if we had like sound effects, there would be cheers and excitement and fireworks going off because you're amazing. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks. This, it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. We were just, you're just talking about the higher ed, the, the user group podcast. That's an amazing one. I listened to it this morning, actually, yeah. for this one. So good job. Okay. If, you, if you're listening to this one and you haven't heard that one yet, stop and listen to that one. So yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're so excited for you to all. have you. Yeah, this is going to yeah. be such a fun episode. Um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your role? Yeah, so Nick Lindberg, I work at the Carlson School of Management, which is, which is the business school at the University of Minnesota. My technical title is the Senior Salesforce Business Analyst, but, but really that boils down to being the Salesforce admin for uh, instance of Salesforce at the Carlson School. So I live and breathe Salesforce all day, and as I like to say, I'm trying to be a pinpoint picking machine and a spreadsheet tackling um, machine as well all at the same time. So that's a little bit about what I do 
um, at the U. We'll talk a little bit more about that and kind of what we're shaping. That's kind of the spirit of the podcast or podcast today. Um, one, you know, some of the other things that I do that maybe everyone gets excited about is that I, I'm a part of a bunch of different thousand and ends. And so uh, whether it be the um, outbound funds group or the outbound funds module, which is uh, kind of came from the open source sprint era or all that kind of good stuff. And so I'm a part of that team and I'm really excited to make grants management and kind of the flowing of funds happening outside of um, outside, or the outside entities making that happen. And so I kind of built a common data model just like MPSP and, and EDA uh, kind of the outbound funds is, is that to the world. And the other kind of lame claim to fame, I, I like to say, is that I, I'm a part of the Ombudsman Cloud Care, which I learned what Ombudsman meant by being a part of the team. Um, and so I, uh, through the open source commons group, I got a part of, I was in, introduced to a couple other awesome admins and was able to help them uh, package an app that goes on the app exchange to help Ombudsman, which are kind of like this thing to them, like the case manager or the service people for um, a Navy ship or for, um, you know, for, for a command center. And so uh, we, I helped them package that app and now it's on the app exchange for, for Ombudsman all over the world to download and install. And it's awesome. And so those are a bit about what I do um, in terms of, you know, one of the things I'll mention is that I'm a, I'm a Salesforce MVP. Um, which, which is quite an honor. Um, it's, and I'll, I'll preface this saying that it, it's not an honor that you seek out. It's an honor that you get recognized for. And so um, just through just a bunch of different things I got involved with, whether it been the Twin Cities Nonprofit User Group that I still co-lead or the Up on Funds or on Budsman or whatever, you name it. Um, that's kind of how I got rec uh, nominated by my peers to, to be an MVP and, and still do that today. Uh, I guess the last thing I'll mention and do a little plug is that I also co-lead the uh, Midwest Dreaming, which will be coming to you in 2022 um, in Minneapolis, where, which is where I'm residing. So um, I'm super excited for that. And that's a bit about me. Um, you know, one of the things that we could probably talk about if you two want to is kind of my admin origin story. I don't know if that if you want to go into that, if that would make sense. Yes, Let's hear it. Story, yes. Let's do it. You are Let's like a superhero in our universe too. I mean, I don't know Absolutely. if you guys heard that whole list of things he's involved in, but like, I'm just impressed that we even like have you as a listener and now as a guest, I'm just super excited. So let's hear the, the origin story of the Nick Lindbergh we all know and love today. Yeah, the origin story, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a fun one, but I'll, I'll share it anyways because everyone's kind of got their fun accidental way of how they ended up in Salesforce. And so my story uh, resounds when I was actually in college at the University of Minnesota. I helped co-found a nonprofit, Students Today Leaders Forever, had uh, community service road trips all across the country. We had a blast doing it and we had so much fun that as, as college students, we decided to do that as our full-time gigs after college. Well, we went from being volunteers, college student volunteers to make this happen to, oh, we have to pay our salary now. We gotta pay rent and we have to do, you know, pay off our student loans, whatever that may be. And so we started to realize that we needed to fundraise very, very quickly. And so that's where Salesforce comes into the equation and um, we stood up Salesforce as our way to kind of make fundraising happen in our Salesforce. And how um, I got started in the Salesforce sphere was that when there's uh, five of us around the table trying to talk about, okay, are we going to do Salesforce? Are we going to do, what are we going to do? And Salesforce came to mind and they said, or the first next question was, 
who's going to implement this? And we all kind of, it was almost like a nose goes moment. And then someone chimed in across the table. Well, Nickers, which is my nickname, um, they said, Nickers knows Excel. And they're like, he should do it. And so then I was like, I more or less went, oh, I guess so. And so my, my start in the Salesforce journey was because I learned, I knew Excel. I knew the if function in Excel. And so that's what got me started in the Salesforce journey, gosh, 13 years ago now. Um, flash forward about five, six years with that nonprofit. It was time to transition out of that role. And I had a mentor tell me, you're going to do Salesforce and you're going to like it. Uh, Lena Hoffner uh, was, was my uh, mentor and still is my mentor. She's awesome. And so that's kind of propelled me into, oh, I can actually do this as a career. And, and now we are making, being a pain point picking machine here. So. Wow, wow, wow. That's really cool. Very exciting. Business analyst extraordinaire, MVP, admin. And when I say BA, you know what that means in my world, because I've had that experience before, means PM, BA, admin, lead, dev, the whole the whole shebang, you know. The whole shebang, totally. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. So so Nickers, I'm excited to 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 hear it's, you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> love Nickers. So Nickers, tell us about your school and the department and what's going on over at the uh, University of Minnesota. Yeah, totally. So the University of Minnesota, for those that don't know, is, is the statewide university system or one of the statewide university systems. I think there's, gosh, it's, I'll have to, I got to do a quick count here. I think it's six, but I, I don't want to leave one out. There's, there may not be a seventh. For sure, six campuses across the state. Uh, the big campus is the Twin Cities campus where, where I'm, I reside. And within that campus, uh, within about the size of the, the Twin Cities campus or even the, the entire University of Minnesota system, it's probably about uh, 50 to 55,000 students as a whole. Um, I think, gosh, I think the last number I heard was about 20, or excuse me, 30,000 undergrads, somewhere around there. Um, and, and so that's it's just, a, just a massive campus. Uh, Haley kind of rivals the Michigan State. I feel like it's like Michigan State, Minnesota and Ohio State are oh, all kind yeah. of competing with each other on who's got the most numbers in terms of uh, enrollments. Like, yeah, and like Minnesota is weird because you're split onto all the campuses, right? Whereas like mm -hmm. Michigan, Michigan State don't have that. So, oh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. And so, you know, if you kind of break that down in terms of, of degrees and things like that, I, I don't even know what that comes down to um, in terms of degrees, but really where my focus is, uh, is at the business school, which has around, I think it's around 4,000 students. Yeah, right around 4,000 students as a whole, a graduate and undergrad um, department there. And, and I think we have about 100 different degrees somewhere around there. I just actually imported into Salesforce. It's 100, 103, 104. Um, you know, those things you know when you import into Salesforce. And so, yeah, the business school. And so that uh, was, it was founded. Gosh, we just had our centennial year, 1919. So centennial year, uh, right before the COVID. And uh, ironically, the short story here is that I'm an alum of the Carlson School, which is actually why I am back on campus. It's kind of a, a little go back to the alma mater, make an impact full circle, all of the above, all that kind of good stuff. So it's a bit about the campus where we, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, I think we have three different zip codes. I don't know if any other campus in the country can claim that, uh, but we have three, we're on three different zip codes. So that's a bit about the campus. That's pretty amazing. Thanks for sharing that. It's it's cool to know all those uh, facts. So Haley, I'm gonna turn this back to you and see if, yeah. what, what you've got for for Nickers. 
<laughs> yeah, well, let's make sure um, I'm going to call him the pain point picking machine, uh, which I think is also the title of this episode that just I love it alliterations in general. Fantastic. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the use cases specifically for Carlson. So um, these can be higher level, like recruiting mm -hmm. and admissions or, you know, corporate relations or something like that. Mm -hmm. Just high level use cases that you guys are tackling. Yeah, really, if you boil it down, the main use case is that corporate relations component. Um, really, our charting, our charting direction was this one pager that we work with called the 3E, which is education, employment, and engagement. And so kind of think about when you're meeting with the targets, the best buys, the card deals of the world, they're all Minnesota companies. So I throw them out because Minnesota is awesome. Um, but those are all uh, three, uh, three different entities that we work closely with. And when we meet with them, there's three key stats on this one page we want to share about with who's, who's coming back to school, who has, who has worked there but has gotten a degree through us. Uh, what money have they given? What projects are they doing with the different um, departments at the school? What site visits are happening? All these, all kind of these, you name the stat, this one pager probably has it. And it's that document takes about a month to create. And it's, I think I did a count one time, it's like 15 different sources. And it ends up being this like, you know, when they're going to meet with one of these entities, they go, hey, we need to create this and then they go, who do I know that knows some of these stats and literally just kind of picking stuff off. And so our ultimate goal or kind of the what we got the initial funding with Salesforce was to make the 3E a, a real time document where we can start collaborating those sources and kind of all roads lead into Salesforce type of a deal where we, that's where we could create our 3E. And so that's been our initial use case and it's actually expanded from there um, to be okay, well, what are you doing with this data? How come you need to know this? And so then it kind of expanded beyond, okay, we need to create this document to kind of where that, okay, what are you doing with the corporate relations and the different entities? So some of our key stakeholders right now are our career centers. We have a, our executive, executive education department is using it. Um, we have a couple, a couple different kind of specialty markets, uh, kind of we call them institutions here um, that are, 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 doing, are doing work within the instance. Um, and so really kind of their, their broad scope is we're meeting with these entities and we're trying to track what, what we're doing with them and trying at the same time make sure we don't run into each other in the lobby at uh, one of these entities and realize, oh, you're meeting here and, and go, oh, we should have talked beforehand. And so trying to have that collaboration and just have all the data in one place so then people know what each other's doing versus the, the age-old siloed department conundrum that happens with outside of even with Salesforce, but with without Salesforce usually in the land of spreadsheets. Yeah, what a great solution, right? So that you address that engagement, education, employment, and engagement. So I love the solution. Um, I know that there's some folks on the call that are, are listening that are probably, um, you know, curious about the build, a little bit more detail about the build. So I'm going to ask you that question so that uh, those that are interested in understanding, you know, a little bit of what's under the engine, um, you can share that with us. Totally. I love the build. The build's all, it's all, all where it all happens. The build actually started, I'll, I'll do a, kind of a little bit of a story before we actually get into the technical build. It came out as the Field of Dreams style, where uh, if you haven't, if you don't recognize the movie, kind of think about it as we, we built a whole bunch of stuff and hope that people came. And so kind of going back to that 3E analogy, we built a bunch or a couple of different connections or integrations from these different systems. 
without kind of having some like thumbs up, hey, you can go grab that data and bring it into Salesforce without them really like buying into the idea. And so we grabbed some of those that data and brought it into the system in hopes that they could see the value and kind of that could be our test example. So that was the field of dreams is how we continue to go uh, with the build and we continue to figure out stuff on that side of it. But really, if I think about the build, a lot of it ends up being the analogy of all roads lead into Salesforce. And a big institution like the University of Minnesota, we have a bunch of source systems that we can't get rid of. So for instance, our, our student tracking system is PeopleSoft. Sure, Salesforce could replace that. And I think actually, if I'm not mad, Kathy just talked about that on the last podcast, uh, may or may not. And I, I'm a firm believer if you You're dream so it, you good. can do it in Salesforce. <laughs> um, but so you can do it, but I don't, I, I can't convince everybody that that's going to happen. So PeopleSoft is here to stay. Uh, entities like grad leaders and Handshape that are here for career services that, boy, I sure wish Salesforce could come up with a solution to rival them. Um, but they're here to stay as well. Um, and, and so that kind of goes back to, we need to keep those systems, but those are now all these silo systems that aren't talking to each other. And so really our focus of our, our build is trying to integrate uh, that data into Salesforce. And so grabbing the, the, the companies that are in Handshake and feeding that over to Salesforce, grabbing the students that are in PeopleSoft or the alumni that are in PeopleSoft and grabbing that into Salesforce, because it's likely a good chance that that person that is an alumni that's in PeopleSoft is may or may not be a recruiter or may or may not be a person that we could recruit or work actively with uh, for one of the career centers. Um, and so that's really been our concept of our build is trying to get those different data sources and feed it into Salesforce and there's being a you know, it's, a, it's kind of an MDM select solution. It's kind, I mean, you can kind of say it's a kind of, it's the, it's the like um, in that um, the master data model for those that are not familiar with an MDM where the data, all the data comes into one place and kind of, there's a concept of some, uh, there's a kind of a source of truth record. We're kind of aggregating things like websites and address and, and, and things like that for our entity, but we're able to aggregate that data and go, oh, this is the right address and this is the right, a website. So then we can, in turn, actually, the goal, we don't have it yet, but feedback to those source systems that maybe are incomplete, um, where we can have that happening. So that's a bit about the build. You know, the, the coolest component, there's a bunch of stuff that I could talk about, but really the coolest component of our build that I'll say is that we've created a single object called the external systems object. And it actually started out as a concept of realizing that the source systems duplicates are very, very poorly managed in those systems. So insert, you know, PeopleSoft or, or Handshake or whatever the solutions may be, you'll have situations where you either can't merge the duplicates or the duplicates just exist and you either don't have the permissions or, or rights to do so. And so our concept is the kind the that you could, sure, you could create an external ID field on an, on an account record, but that's pointless when you have, say, five, five records in that source system. So that's for kind of the genesis of this external system object was just to track all the IDs as they live in that source system. Where we, we took it a step further was when we started to say, hey, when we feed the, when we take up this new data point, or um, when we take this new system that we want to feed in, we want to do matching. We just don't want to create that record. We want to have it look to see if that name or that email or that website or whoever, you know, contact or account, whatever site you want to have, we want to try to match to that. Well, the external system also became our staging table too, where we now have that ID that lives in there. And then we can then have 
um, some processes that can kind of look at that record and compare to accounts and do some matching for us. It's quite the high performing machine on kind of the back end of it. And so uh, that's been kind of our coolest object is a, is a single object that I think that uh, I get pretty excited about when I talk about it um, with our solution. So um, that's kind of the, the high level. I can get into like apps that we use. I don't know if that's a value or not or yeah, yeah. Some people want to know, like, how do, how do you connect all the, the dots for that, right? Um, yeah. so, so what are some of the products that you're using and the apps that, you're, that are in your... In yeah, your totally. Totally. To, to pull a Corey Snow here, I'll talk about the plumbing. He always talks about yeah. innovation plumbing. Oh, it's all about the plumbing. It's all about the plumbing, right? And so our chief, our master plumber um, is, is Boomi, Doug Boomi. And so that's kind of doing a lot of the, the logic in terms of, okay, let's grab the data out of this source and let's feed it, uh, do some of that matching logic and then in turn uh, map it and upload it into Salesforce. And so Boomi is like the master in engine, the master plumber that does a lot of the magic. Um, we've actually ran in some instances where we have, ironically, um, with integrations, you end up realizing that you need multiple integration tools for better or worse. And so we also have Zapier for some of the more simpler integrations. And so we're using Zapier for actually our handshake import um, is kind of, a, it starts with a zap type of functionality to get it into a, a file storage area and then Boomi picks it, picks it up from there. So it's kind of a part A, part B on what happens there. And so we, we have some cool stuff with those two apps. Some of the other apps we're using is AppSona. It wouldn't be a Knickers uh, moment without carrying the AppSona flag. I feel like every every time I'm walking around, AppSona gets brought up. Uh, our matching use case for AppSona is deduping. Going back to those source systems, our matching is good, but not not amazing. And so that you're never you're never you're never going to solve duplicates all the way. So AppSona is always there to do our duplicate management. So we're using that for a lot of it. Sometimes imports too. Uh, we're using AppSona with. So AppSona is a big one. And then we also have Conga um, in place and kind of going back to how we started with that use case of the 3E, we're using um, Conga to create that, that one pager. Um, it, it's not fully working yet, but it's kind of at the point where I can demo it and show it to people and like, oh, cool, that, that, does what, that did all the stuff we were doing earlier. And so we have Conga's our, our aggregator for, for data. Um, the last one, just because it's, I, I want to mention the corporate relations playbook is a little, um, little, uh, another flayed though wave is that the corporate relations playbook is a, a, a trailblazer guide it is amazing. If you haven't uh, read that or looked at that, it's amazing. Uh, one of the apps that, that's highlighted in there that we also use is, is the DNB um, optimizer, which is done in Bradstreet. And so when we get those corporate entities that maybe only has name and, and country, I can then pull things like industry codes, websites, all that kind of stuff. So that's a bit about our apps and, and the build that we have in Salesforce. Happy to go into more kind of specific use cases if we want, or, you know, wherever, wherever you two want to go today. Yeah. Well, I, I do have a question for you. Are you doing any LinkedIn data, bringing any LinkedIn stuff over? And, and actually two questions. So LinkedIn, and then emails. Uh, you didn't mention like a Pardot or anything like that. How are oh, you? Yeah, yeah. Emails? Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the little known thing about sending emails to yeah, people. Like I'll small, answer that question. <laughs> then I'll go into the other one. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're, we're using Marketing Cloud uh, for, our, for our um, emailing. Um, because of our instance, we have our own instance um, in relation to the, the kind of one org model at the University of Minnesota. It's kind of one org, but we kind of got our own. We asked nicely 
Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Renee. Uh, we asked them very nicely a lot of times and they, they gave it to us. Um, and so with that, we end up having a, um, we have to, we can't get our, our Salesforce to Kento and Marketing Cloud. So we have our own integration uh, to help with that. Actually, Skyvia is actually uh, the other third integration tool that we're using to connect those dots. So uh, we're using, uh, that's uh, another tool there. So we're using uh, Marketing Cloud specifically to send to kind of think of it as kind of a, a lot of times it ends up being newsletter-esque things. So each of the departments want to send out uh, a list of folks. Um, our executive, executive education department's doing a lot of journeys though. So that's kind of where the performance comes into play. Someone fills out a form on the website, comes into Salesforce and ends up in Marketing Cloud for them to be in a journey and get connected and all that kind of stuff. So that's how we're doing Marketing Cloud. LinkedIn is on our roadmap, kind of contact data and contact cleanup is our, our next big hurdle. Um, what, I'll, what I'll say at that is that I was all about LinkedIn. And then I started to think about more of the, some of the other solutions that exist out there. ZoomInfo, Dun & Bradstreet, I think they're all kind of the old school data comms where there's more data in those solutions. So I'm, we're going to try to do an analysis of does LinkedIn get everything that we want? So for instance, like email cleanup or um, you know title cleanup, company cleanup, some of those types of things. What does LinkedIn have comparison to one of these other solutions that may or may not have LinkedIn as one of their data sources already. So we may be able to kind of get something a little bit more, um, but I'll, I'll just tell that, I'll just, I'll just figure out in the next six months. That's that's the roadmap at least. Nice, well, that was my next question. I know, so, I, I kind of went you there. Know, I, you're just so. You're so good at this. Is there anything else on the roadmap? You talked about Conga a little bit. Are you gonna keep playing with that? And Yeah, Conga, you know, I keep kind of going back to trying to be that pain point picking machine. We keep <laughs> trying to find different, you know, pain points. And sometimes it's, you have to, you have to really rein out the pain points from people or you have to let them sit in that pain point for six months or for a year or two years before mm -hmm. they go, oh, that actually is a pain point. Um, mm -hmm. So there's some pain points right now that we're th thinking about with things like signatures where, you know, maybe there's maybe projects that we're having started with um, different entities uh, and whatnot, where, or even students where they need me to sign like an NDA. Uh, some of those types of signature items, we're trying to look at how can we use Conga to do that? Um, some other use cases that we're looking into would be, so we have alumni in the sales, if we have alumni in Salesforce and we're kind of, if you look at like the Salesforce 360 review and like they have the nice person that's like smiling in the center. And, and their power stance. Yeah. yeah. And their power stance. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, usually like if you look at that, like kind of they start and they try to feed people on their, the recruiting and admission side and they kind of work their way over. Well, we're kind of working our way backwards. And so where we're starting to dabble a little bit in is kind of that student engagement, that student success. Um, what does that translate to? Um, we're not fully sure yet. Some of the initial ideas are to take a couple programs that have kind of focused, you know, if they have focused 50 students, focused 100 students, and how do we work with them and, and try to go from there? So what that means, it may end up just being we, we get their PeopleSoft data, so maybe what courses they have and what degrees they're part of and feed that data in. What it may expand to is things like communities, so experience cloud, uh, maybe um, advisor link um, is a potential. We don't know for sure yet on that one, but it's kind of we're working our way backwards in this in the power stance journey, um, and we'll we'll see if we end up continue with that power stance uh, from here. Yeah, I like. Gotta it. love the power <laughs> stance journey. Gotta love it. I've never so, thought of it that way, but now yeah. I'm going to think about the power time. stance oh, yeah. every time. Every time. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm excited to learn more and we're going to have to definitely bring you back because I want to know more about um, what that you discover as a result of some of the analysis that you're doing um, mm-hmm. with LinkedIn versus DNB. Um, I think a lot a lot of folks will be interested in understanding, you know, what you've learned and uh, where you're going to go with that solution. So yeah. um, it's pretty totally. exciting, and I'm and I'm so grateful that you mentioned the corporate uh, relations playbook. So uh, for those that are listening, we'll have a link to that also uh, when we get this podcast out there, podcast out there on the podcast. Uh, it's a great resource, like you said, and. Um, there's many folks, folks that have contributed to that and have worked really hard on it. So a shout out to all of them. Um, but anyway, um, speaking of shout outs, um, what are you looking forward to uh, uh, in the summit? It's coming up yeah. June 16th. You know, June 16th summit. It's coming up, isn't it? Um, you know, some of the things I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm going to be leading a round table and Haley, are we at the same table together? We are. Oh. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> So you get to hear my little spiel twice then. So well, um, this, is, this is what we're doing next. So know, it's really helpful. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I'm going to be doing a round table there on this topic, um, kind of corporate relations, kind of think about what we're doing today. Yeah. You'll be hearing the same concepts with a lot of, uh, with some, with some slides to go along with it and a, and a funny little video that I helped, I had a couple of people help me build. Uh, outside of that, there's actually one session that I was looking at. I was looking at this list earlier today, be like, what's that session I want to go to? And then that corporate relations flavor, there's, and it's like, and it's called 25 billion reasons for corporate relations CRM. And it's, it's like a power team of, of folks that are, are going to be leading that session. And so that's the one I'm, I'm like, I got to bookmark and, and make sure that I'm, I'm a part of, because I think that's going to be, you know, the one on this flavor, at least that I'm most excited about. Yeah, I think well, it's cool. Carrie, Carrie from Penn State and Dean from Notre Dame. And is it Chris Tompkins too that's in there? Or is it those three? No, it's um Becky Joffrey, maybe. They're all in there. all in the Trailblazer Guide. I know they were all in there. Yeah, I think it's like all the Trailblazer Guide folks, basically. Yeah. It's probably like their Trailblazer Guide session in a different different way. But yeah, that they is were the, our team. Yeah. <laughs> and they were the contributors for that uh, playbook. So, uh, and, and the ones behind that playbook. So lucky for those who attend that session, they'll get to learn a lot more and lucky for them because you'll be there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, speaking of that round table, uh, let's, let's do a little plug here. It's that yeah. round table is scheduled on June 16th. What time and what's the name of it? Ooh, and now Ooh, you're quizzing wow. me. Yeah, quiz. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I think it's 1.30 Eastern time. Um, okay. And it's in the advancement customer success roundtable. I don't know if there's actually a session name outside of okay. that it's in the advancement yeah. roundtable. Haley, do you know? No, I think they just put advancement roundtable and then you pick your time because there's okay. there's at least one, there's four sessions throughout the day. And so they can pick their time. Uh, and I'm actually in one later as well with uh, the U of M Alumni Association where I, I used to work uh, when I was there. But the uh, yeah advancement, this one's at 1.30. Um, and so as long as you sign up for the second session uh, for roundtables around 1.30, you'll get to hear all about what Nick's got going on. And uh, quick plug, Dean is also from Notre Dame. Dean from Notre Dame is also in there with us. So. Oh no way! I didn't know that. Oh, we we were excited. We were talking about how like neither one of us could believe that we got to sign up for that session. So it's a good time. 
Yeah, this is <laughs> don't even come for the content. <laughs> it's well, now I'm jealous. I feel like I need to go sign up for that session. I think I will. Uh, well, that's exciting. Summit is coming up June 16th. So, uh, you know, everybody out there, be, be, be ready. You'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot from uh, Nick and others. Um, so it will be a fun time and it will be virtual, but uh, we will hope to see everybody in person soon uh, in the upcoming summits. So cool. Yeah, um, I get to ask the most fun question of the day as we're rounding out here. Um, so Nick, tell us a little bit about how the pandemic's been going for you, you know, are things going okay, but what's the thing and activity that's kept you sane in the last year? Oh boy, I, I, I've been like trying to think of this answer all day. Um, I, I'm very thankful you prepped me with this one so I can at least ramble my way into an answer. Um, so things are, our things are mostly sane here. Um, I realize and I love working from home. Um, so I hope that the University of Minnesota will have some sort of a hybrid approach post. Um, you know, kids have been keeping me somewhat, I was thinking about it, the joke answer is kids keep me sane and insane at the same time. Mm -hmm. We have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, uh, both boys in the house. And so um, the day, they're luckily not here today, but the days that they are here, it's quite comical. I, I work in our basement, so it's quite comical to hear them and like the running and all of a sudden you hear a thud and two seconds later, two minutes or two seconds later, you hear the cry and like, ooh, something just happened. And so it's kind of the sameness is like, I don't have to worry about that. Um, but the, you know, I think the, the one thing that has kept me, uh, mostly sane is I'm a tinkerer. And so I, I do, I'm always a handyman this morning. I actually hung gutters on our garage just cause I'm, I was bored. Um, you know, I just do things like that, but the kind of the big project I've been working on kind of pre pandemic that ended up being kind of a uh, finished and pushed pet or during pandemic, uh, was that I have an 85 Camaro that I trade race and, uh, going back to that tinkerness, I I love tinkering on it, and so I just spent my nights after working, after the kids went to bed, I just went out to the garage and just was turning wrenches. And so I was making sure the fuel lines were were connected, or that the uh, electrical wires are going, or that the throttle linkage was connected correctly. Uh, some of those types of things, and so that was kind of keeping me sane and being able to. I uh, fired up that car last July for the first time, and it was a five-year project. So firing up that car in July for the first time in five years was, was quite fun uh, to have. And kind of that's what kept me sane was, that, okay, I have something that's working. Something's working right now. And so that was kind of the keep keeping me sane during the pandemic. Yeah, well, you'll have to send a picture in. Uh, we can post it with our, uh, uh, with our podcast oh, sure. episode. We'll post a picture of the car. That's so exciting. That's great. Totally. I actually use Salesforce to track um, the timing, the timing of it naturally. Like, why wouldn't you of use course it? You of course <laughs> you did, Nick. Of course you did. We're going to wow. need a dashboard too then. That's what yeah. we're going to need. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'll show you the dashboard. I'll send you the dashboard. Awesome. Uh, it has been so much fun um, talking with you, Nick. I've learned a lot. Let me tell you what I've learned. I've learned about this thing called the paint point kicking machine. I've learned about the build uh, and field of dreams. I've learned that you're a tinkerer and uh, that we can call you knickers. So uh, thanks yeah. for sharing that. And of course, all the other great information with us. Um, it's been a lot of fun having you. So um, for our listeners out there, how can they connect with you? Yeah, totally. So I'm on the, on the Twitter sphere. And so Knickers Universe is my uh, Twitter. Um, you know, naturally, why, why wouldn't it be, right? Knickers and, and Universe. So, Love it. 
And so uh, Knickers Universe, I'm also on the uh, Power Bus Hub, so you can find me on there, the Trailblazer community, kind of all, all of the above places. Uh, I'm usually pretty active on those. And so those are probably the best ways to connect. Well, fantastic. Thanks again. And thanks, Haley, for uh, co-hosting again with me. It's always fun to connect with our Ohana. So, and for our listeners, thank you for listening. Like, listen, and subscribe. We'll be doing an episode just after Summit to unpack all the excitement. So watch out for that. Um, But for now, um, thank you again, and we're signing off.